Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. So, are you ready for the word this morning? All right. His name, and this is part one in the series, and, and the subtitle is Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. And, and let me just uh, make this statement as we begin. We identify ourselves and others by a name. A name is identification recognition. Names carry meanings. In fact, I would suggest to you to uh, research the meaning of your name. Because every time your name is spoken, it has a meaning. And your name represents who you are. Very often your character, your identity, uh, whether you are honorable or not. So much is in the name of a person. A name can be ruined where people lose respect for a name. And so a name identifies reputation and character. And so we see the names of God and we see the name of Jesus. Uh, The Bible identifies a various number of names that identify the character and the identity of the God that we serve. Okay? And, and so we're going to look at, over the next few weeks, four, and we're going to culminate this in looking at the name of Jesus, the name which is above every name named. Now, there are many names given to God which describe his attributes, his characteristics, and his very nature, okay? What we call him is often insignificant or really befitting to describe who he really is. Because he's indescribable. But yet we can come up with words that describe him. Not in the full ramification of who he is, but at least to help identify various aspects of his character and nature. Now there was a class of preschool children. The teacher asked what God's name was. And there was quietness in the whole class. And the teacher's waiting for a response. And it's Johnny again. That Johnny, he gets always picked on. He raises his hand and he says, Harold. The teacher says, Harold. Yeah, our Father who art in heaven, Harold be thy name. Oh, suddenly Sam pipes up. It's not Harold, it's Andy. Andy, the teacher says, What? How you come up with that? Well, the song. And he walks with me and he talks with me. I can't sing, so that's the extent of that. All right, yeah, so those were free today, okay? Now, as we're preparing for the Christmas season, I believe this series is, is to give us a greater understanding and the meaning of who Jesus is. Understanding his name will help us to relate to who he is. And not only who he is, but what he's done for us and how we can have an encounter with him. See, we serve a real Jesus who makes an impact on our lives. Not just in this temporal life, but an impact for eternity. The name of Jesus has been given to every believer for authority, 
to be exercised in his name. So there's, there's a whole other dimension of his name that affects you as a believer, that God has given you authority in this earth. So a key scripture is found in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, uh, which we saw in the uh, series Sting. And I tell you, our creative department, they're just amazing. I see this stuff, I, wow, I, I wish I were that creative, but uh, we all have our gifts, right? So Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, and we'll be reading this from the English Standard Version. Find your place there and, and keep your place there, whether you have your Bible or your device, because we want to uh, look at that for a little bit and begin to break this down. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this opportunity for the, to receive from your word. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to quicken our hearts and minds and our understanding so that we can further gain revelation that will make a difference in our life. Reveal yourself, Father, through what has been stated in the scripture concerning these names. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Amen. I always like to put a plug out uh, there, but Tuesday, prayer, invited to come from 6 to 7 as we prepare for the uh, awakening services. Uh, come for prayer and, and have that time to really uh, press into God and allow him to really uh, move in your life. So, now... Just to give you a little backdrop of what we just read, Isaiah was writing nearly 800 years uh, before Jesus Christ was actually born. So this is a prophecy of his birth and also a prophecy of his mission and assignment of what he was to do and accomplish. And there's many other prophetic scriptures through the prophets that are recorded in scripture that all deal with the person of Jesus Christ, what he came to do, accomplish, who he is, and all, all that, okay? And so, now, it was a very difficult time in the nation of Israel. The Assyrians were on the march, taking people into captivity by droves. So this word came at a time that really inspired hope in the people that they could look to, the promise of Messiah that would come and bring deliverance and salvation to them. Now, the passage... Uh, in Isaiah is a prophetic word of the coming of Messiah who would come to establish his kingdom. The child born, we believe to be Jesus, which the scriptures clearly confirm. And so as you do the research, you'll find out this is really talking about Jesus conclusively. It can be proven through the uh, study of the word. Now the definition of a Messiah, because in our day and age, we hear that word Messiah, and we don't always often understand what that conveys and what that really means. The definition of a Messiah is a savior or leader for some cause, okay? 
And in this case, uh, the cause of redeeming us from eternal destruction. Now, it's also any expected savior or liberator of people. That's what a Messiah is. And uh, for the Jews, Messiah was the promised and expected deliverer of the Jews to bring an era of peace and justice to the nation. And, and Christianity, we believe, as I said, conclusively beyond all reasonable doubt that this is speaking of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This passage describes his function and what he came to do, okay? And there's other things we can look in Scripture and find out how, you know, in the New Testament, Scripture says he came to seek and to save the lost, okay? And so there's a lot of other mention of Jesus' purpose, his mission. Uh, he came that you might have life, have it more abundantly, right? Uh, and there's a whole lot that we see in the Word. Isaiah's prophecy gave the people of God a hope that they so desperately needed. And I believe it gives us a hope for this generation that the people in our culture and society so desperately need as well. A child would be born to fulfill covenant promise, and he would bear the titles, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, as we look at this passage, we don't look at this as what is to come. We look at at it as what has happened in history because Jesus has come, okay? So we see this passage from a whole nother vantage point, okay? So I want to look at this phrase, wonderful consular. The Hebrew word for wonderful in Isaiah 9, 6 is Paulo. It's spelled in the Hebrew P-A-L-A, and it's pronounced Paulo is the way it's pronounced, believe it or not. And it means to be surpassingly or extraordinary, okay? It indicates something uncommon or out of the ordinary. It reflects a phenomenon lying outside the realm of human explanation, that which is separated from the normal course of events, something that cannot be explained. So it's beyond description in a sense. Something so wonderful. It's, it's so extraordinary. It's hard to even describe. It's hard to even find words to explain what you are experiencing. And so the second part of this compound description of the coming Messiah is consular. Now in its historic Hebrew usage, this word gives us a picture of a king offering consul to his people giving them insight, giving them understanding so that they know how to make right choices and right decisions for their uh, well-being. Now, wonderful counselor indicates the kind of character the coming king would have. And that's Jesus who has come, okay? The word wonderful in this passage literally means incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. Now, that's a, that's a, a powerful word. So we understand that he is the God of wonders. He's a God of miracles. He's a God of signs. He's a God of wonders. When you begin to track through the scriptures, Old Testament, you see many incredible miracles, signs, and wonders. Uh, one of my favorites is the splitting of the Red Sea. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome to see a whole group of people pass through on dry ground 
with a wall of water on your right and left. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And that's just one, but there's a multitude of miracles that we see from the God of wonders. In Psalms 77, 14, the scripture reads there, again, the English Standard Version, you are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. See, he's a God who works wonders, and he wants to make his wonders known. He wants to demonstrate what he can do among his people, not because he's a show-off, but because he loves to reveal himself in ways to demonstrate his power and what he can do in our lives. The greatest miracle is, is to save a sinner from their sins, a person who is plagued with, with sins that bind them and hold them in captivity to be released and set free from addictions, from uh, sinful behavior and, and all that, okay? Uh, Jesus uh, shows up time to time in the Old Testament. We see this reference, the angel of the Lord. He appears as a pre-incarnate Christ. You might say, you, you mean Jesus didn't just show up and as an infant when he was conceived uh, by Mary, by the Holy Spirit? Isn't that the first time he showed up? No, he was visible in the Old Testament. But every reference in the Old Testament refers to him as the, the angel of the Lord. And the reason we know that is because there's signs of deity when the angel of the Lord reveals himself or shows up. And we see one narrative of that with uh, Samson. Remember Samson? Yeah. Well, his mom and dad had a visitation from the angel of the Lord. Uh, a pre-incarnate pre Jesus met with them to reveal himself that God had a purpose and a plan for their son, okay? And, and it's interesting because if we take this up in Judges 13, 18, um, in this encounter with God, uh, Manoah, which is Samson's father, asked the angel of the Lord, what's your name? You got to have a name. I mean, he has this manifestation of this, this magnificent angel who's called the angel of the Lord. He shows up. What's your name? And this is what the angel of the Lord said in verse 18. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? Wow. So we see this message, this uh, reference in alignment with this name, which is attributed to Messiah, okay? Um, in other words, why do you ask my name? Since it's beyond your understanding. It's beyond your comprehension. Now, Jesus' wonder was demonstrated in various ways when he was on this earth, uh, beginning with his conception. Uh, in his power to heal, his preaching and his teaching, his perfect life, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. Jesus' kind of wonderful is awe-inspiring and superior to any other kind, okay? He's perfect in every way. And so when we think about Jesus being wonderful, he's truly wonderful in every way. In every way, he's truly, truly wonderful. And, and, and you can, can declare that, Jesus, you're wonderful. I mean, just to acknowledge that is so important in our lives as we worship him, okay? Isaiah 11, 2, and this is speaking in reference to Jesus. Again, a prophecy of Jesus when he'd come and be in the earth. 
Isaiah 11, 2 says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, and notice, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So we see some parallels with Isaiah eleven two, along with what we saw in Isaiah 9, 6. So we see that upon him would rest the spirit of counsel. So I have three points for you. And I, I, I title this, The Role of the Counselor. The Role of a Counselor. Because that's how I want you to connect and identify with Jesus today. As your counselor. Now, some of you might have a counselor that you see on a regular basis. Some of you might seek people for counsel at various times. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's okay to seek counsel. In fact, it's wise to seek counsel, especially before you're making a major decision that can affect your future destiny. It's important to surround yourself with godly counselors, okay? Godly counsel. And, but we, there is the counselor that we all have access to as believers, and that's exciting to me. It, it should be exciting to you as well. So point number one, everyone needs a counselor because we all need guidance. Everyone needs a counselor. Don't say, I don't need a counselor. Oh, you do. You really do. Uh, don't kid yourself, okay? And, uh, and we know, and we'll get to it a little later, the Holy Spirit takes that role as a counselor. Uh, Jesus moves by his Spirit. In fact, we understand that Jesus lives or dwells within the believer in the person of the Holy Spirit, okay? And so when we receive counsel from the Holy Spirit, it's synonymous with receiving counsel from Jesus because he dwells in us. The person of Christ is in us through the person of the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, now, that may be theological over somebody's head, but it, it, it's a mystery, and it's hard sometimes to wrap our mind around certain uh, spiritual truths, but the Holy Spirit gives us revelation, understanding of those things, okay? And so if you're sitting there, oh, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, just stay tuned in and uh, don't tune me out because uh, you're going to get something out of this, okay? You really will. So Jesus is not just merely a counselor. He's a wonderful counselor, a wonderful counselor. Uh, to, it describes his function in that capacity. Why is it so important uh, with this title? What, what I, I like the term first mention. The first mention has, has a priority because Messiah or Jesus is described here. First mention is wonderful counselor. So that tells us that's a priority. We need counsel before we can move forward or, uh, or take action on a thing, okay? Um, why is it so important in the description of Messiah? It's because whether we admit it or not, we all need a counselor, and we must identify the Messiah as wonderful counselor. We must identify Jesus as our wonderful counselor. And, and, and we, I want to take this over in, into maybe another realm and ask, ask you this question, what are you battling? What are you facing in life that's a problem? that's causing difficulty, that's become a challenge to you. Understand that before a military goes to war, whatever they're battling against, counsel must be sought. They have meetings where they get together to seek counsel so they know how to deal with the enemy, how to deal with the conflict that they're facing. 
no army goes to battle without counsel. They bring a team together, and they do it. And Proverbs 24, 6, it says, For by wise counsel you can wage your war. See, all of us have a war that we're facing, that we're battling. But it's through wise counsel that we can wage that war, where we can carry it out, where we can have a strategy so that we can be victorious, okay? And so uh, I think that's exciting because Jesus is our wonderful counselor to guide us so that we know how to wage war. And, and notice Proverbs 24, 6 goes on to say, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. And so praise God. Uh, because counsel should confirm what the Spirit of God is saying to the church or what he's saying or speaking into your life. Isaiah 28, verse 29. And here's another scripture that really identifies this term, wonderful. This also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. Why wouldn't you want to seek Jesus? He's wonderful in counsel. He's going to have a good word for you. It may not be the word you want to hear, okay? Let me tell you that. Because it may bring conviction. It may cause you to have to change what you're doing. Because some of us are going in a direction, and we are going in this direction, and we don't want to change directions. But as we're moving in this direction, we need to seek God's counsel because he may say, stop and turn around. You're going the wrong way. If you continue that way, there's trouble ahead. See, God's looking out for your best interest, but you need to take time to seek his counsel because he has guidance for you. Okay, point number two. The counsel you are listening to will determine the course in life that you choose. The counsel that you're listening to will determine the course in life that you choose. You see, counsel is influenced by association. Let me say that again. Counsel is influenced by association. You're influenced by those you associate with, the crowd you're hanging with. They're going to influence you more than what you realize. You might say, no, I'm strong. I make up my own mind. But by association, those you hang around are going to be your greatest influencers. Okay? And, and we have a scripture for that. 1 Corinthians 15.33. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Don't let anyone deceive you. Associating with bad people will ruin decent people. That's God's word translation. I like that. Wow. I'll go back to that. 1 Corinthians. There it is. Don't let anyone deceive you. See, deception's out there. People are trying to deceive you. Associating with bad people will ruin decent people. Well, how do you define bad people? Well, those that are influencing you in the wrong way, okay? Uh, because we can say, oh, bad, bad, bad. And we don't want to call people bad necessarily. Uh, we want to love them and win them to Christ. But there are, there are bad people in this world, okay? And, and they're going to influence you in a negative way. They may not think they're bad or even know they're bad, but you can determine it by their influence. How are they influencing you, okay? Is it influencing you according and in line with the Word of God? Or is it, is it contrary to what has been written? Is it taking you another path, another journey that does not, or that, con, that conflicts with God's plan for your life? God's plan is revealed through his word and, and borne witness by his Holy Spirit. 
it's outlined in the Bible. It, you know, uh, there, there's a lot I could say, but we're going to move along here. Counsel gives direction, comfort, assurance, peace, and hope, which many lack because they have not sought godly counsel. I mean, you can seek the counsel of this world, and they'll appease the situation for a season, but it's not going to have long-lasting impact and effect on your life. And see, um, there's only one counselor that you should become dependent upon, and that's Jesus. Some people become too dependent on the counselor. Uh, and, you know, and that could be not a good thing. But Jesus, you don't have to be concerned. You can be absolutely, totally dependent upon him all the time because he'll never let you down. He'll never mislead you or, or you know, lead you astray. So, question, what counsel are you listening to? You know, I know sometimes um, Pastor Deb and I, you know, we meet with people, we give counsel, and we, we are very biblical in our approach. We never make up people's minds for them. We don't. We can't do that. We, we lead them. As, as pastors, as shepherds, we lead people. We don't drive them. I was raised on a, on a farm. We drove cattle. Sheep are not driven. They're led, okay? And so we, we can lead people by example, by showing them the word, but we can't make them follow. That's their choice. That's their determination. Um, but there's times people haven't listened to our counsel, and that's okay. It's between them and God. And, and so it's, uh, but then they become open to deception. And then they can fall prey to the enemy's uh, traps and uh, so forth. We could go in a lot of directions here. But I'm going to give you point number three. How about that? The Holy Spirit fulfills the role of wonderful counsel in our lives. The Holy Spirit fulfills the role of wonderful counsel in our lives. And the scripture we see in John 15, 27. And the worship team can come up at this time. But when the Comforter, and I'm reading this from the Amplified Bible, because the Amplified Bible helps us to see this verse amplified. That makes sense. It basically takes the words and helps you to see the fuller or the richer meaning uh, from the original Greek that it was written in. But when the Helper, this is in reference to the Holy Spirit, and he's identified as a comforter, advocate, intercessor, and notice, counselor, strengthener, standby. When he comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father. He will testify and bear witness about me. If the Holy Spirit is ministering counsel in your life, it will never conflict with what God has said because they're one and the same. If you're getting a different message than what the Bible says, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's another spirit, and you have to beware. We understand, to bring this service to close, the Holy Spirit is available to bring counsel to your life. And we understand that when you're born again, 
And to be born again is simply to put your faith in Jesus and receive forgiveness of sins. Accept him as the Lord of your life that you receive the Spirit of God. But there's also an experience where you can be filled with the Spirit. And in that encounter, you receive power from on high, as Jesus described in, in Luke chapter 24, or in Acts 1.8, he said, you shall receive the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Spirit, you will receive power. Power to be witnesses. Power in an encounter with him that can make a difference in your life that basically gives God more access of who you are. See, so many of us are wanting to reserve portions of our life for ourselves when we need to give our all to him in complete and total surrender to give all of our life to him. One more passage I'm going to read to you that we're going to this service to a close. In Philippians chapter 2, we see this passage in reference to Jesus. Starting in verse 8, it says, and being found in human form, that's speaking of Jesus Christ, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Verse 10. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to and the glory of God the Father. Now, understandably, this scripture is in reference to every creature that was created or born from all of time and all of human history, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. This even is for those demons and devils and Satan himself who do this acknowledgement. However, it's only when we're alive on this earth that we can receive him as our Lord and Savior and make this declaration that will transform us, that will give us a new nature, that will change our future destination. Because without Christ, the scripture says we're without hope in the world. We're lost. But while we were dead in our sins, Jesus died for us and offered us life by receiving him, by acknowledging him, by bowing our knee on this side of eternity. We can be saved from our sins, forgiven and set free, receive his very life and nature and begin a journey with him that will be eternal, receiving the very gift of eternal life. I want you to stand with me. With me this morning and in this moment I cannot assume where you stand with God maybe everything's okay and you know normally when I'm called to visit somebody in the hospital that's dying an elderly person the very first question I ask them is have you made your peace with God 
at those times, there'll be a little pause and they'll say, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. And the second question is, would you like to? And I've never had a no <laughs> because they're ready to step over into eternity. I've never had somebody say no. No, they want to make their peace with God. Guess what? You don't have to wait till you're on your deathbed to make your peace with God. You can make your peace with God right here and now today, okay? And because you may not be on a deathbed if you die instantly, you won't have that chance. But you can in this place. So I'm speaking to those that may be among us that have not made their peace with God. Or maybe there was a time you walked with God, but now you're not. But you've sensed that God is speaking to you in the service, and you're ready to make your peace with him today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. You say, Pastor, I need to make peace with God today. I'm willing to bow my knee to Jesus, my Lord and Savior. If that's you, lift your hand. I need to make my peace with God. I see those hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put them down. There's a number of people that have raised your hands, and I, I commend you for doing that because your response to what God is doing is going to absolutely change your life because Jesus is going to make himself real to you today. I want you to, everyone, to hold the hands up before you like you're ready to receive. And for those of you, you that lifted your hand, I want you to put your hands out there as well. And I'm going to lead you in what I call the believer's prayer. It's a prayer we pray acknowledging that we believe in Jesus, that we believe he died for our sins, that he rose from the dead to give us new life. And we receive him as our Lord and our Savior, and we bow our lives to his name, confessing him as Lord, as our God and King. Repeat after me, everyone. Heavenly Father, I come before you today acknowledge that without Jesus I'm lost I'm a sinner who needs a savior Lord Jesus I acknowledge you today as the wonderful counselor I acknowledge you today as the Lord and savior Lord Jesus I put my faith in you I acknowledge you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And be the Lord of my life. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Now if you prayed that prayer sincerely and meant it with your heart, begin to thank the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you that you have sent Jesus for us. And he is the wonderful counselor. Thank you, Father, for counseling us as your people, guiding us and directing our lives. We speak that over the people today. Where there's confusion, where there's lack, where there's challenges, where there's conflict, oh God, let them have a word from you that can inspire them, that can guide them, that can direct them in their journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to
Father, thank you for being so attentive to the word this morning. Uh, we're going to take time to worship God. We're going to have a prayer team come up here in a couple of minutes. If you raise your hand, the next step for you is to step out because we'll have people up here to pray with you to help you uh, know the next steps in your journey with God. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.